0: What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend, Matt Hess, and you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you are a lead church planter, or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt Hess, how you doing? I'm doing
1: good, buddy was uh, a little sick yesterday man.
0: Yeah, you had the sniffles a little bit
1: Oh man, head. I had this like really uh bad sinus stuff going on. It was it was really it was really bad. I um I went to uh we had staff meeting yesterday at Fellowship Pickering and then uh had to run a couple errands and then I came home and I slept for like five hours. <laughs> that was like,
0: like like in the middle of the day.
1: In the middle of the day.
0: Wow yeah that's impressive I personally. was
1: pretty sick man. Oh, yeah. And so like I went to bed and So I went to bed and Erica came in and she's like, uh, Hey babe, you're going to get up? And I'm like, yeah, what time is it? And she's like, it's like five o'clock. I was like, (laughs) I was like, wow. And we had like a meeting last night and, uh, with some friends and I was just like, Oh boy. So, but yeah, I woke up, I felt a ton better. You know, sometimes you just church planners listening out there. Sometimes you just got to get in the bed and go to bed. Get in the bed and go to sleep when you're not feeling good. There's some lazy chairs playing out there. Like, you know what? This just this just affirms what I do with my time. I need to take my daily five hour nap. Matt, yeah. has cool. yeah. <laughs> Matt has said it was cool. Yeah, Matt has said it's only when you're sick. Listen to me. It's only when you're sick.
0: Now I understand why you told me when I texted you yesterday for our extensive show prep that we always do every two. <laughs> oh, weeks Oh yeah, man. Of like, two weeks. Hey, in what advance. are we going to talk about tomorrow morning? <laughs> and you were like, Oh man, I'm like out of it. Let's just wing it. <laughs>
1: That, that actually sounds about like <laughs> every text when we talk about this.
0: just about every episode, you're right. <laughs> hey,
1: man, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? I'm cool with whatever you want to talk about. Yeah,
0: whatever. Well, except the interviews, we usually kind of try.
1: To yeah, we try to stuff, kind so. of... Uh, except
0: for today's interview. We didn't really plan this one out very
1: well. Well, this guy's a good friend of ours, well, man. Why he, why you, he knows how she, we operate. Why
0: don't you introduce Well,
1: well ladies and gentlemen, hailing from... <laughs> 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 no, we got Scott Ridenauer with us. Scott Ridenauer is... Are never who, uh, who? Gardner? Remember Rookie <laughs> of the Year? That movie Rookie of the yes. Year from our childhood. I do. Remember you know? It. Remember the guy can't get his last name down yes. the, um, the the manager, and he's always like Rudengardner. Yeah, get in there Rudenhauser. <laughs> and so I always say that to Scott. But yeah, uh, Scott's become a really close friend of mine. Um, and uh, it, it's just a great, great brother. But Scott came to us about a year ago um, from Ottawa and originally from the states he's pretty american um from the south and uh i'll let him kind of talk about all that um his dad was a preacher got a great great testimony of how he wandered from the lord came back to christ um, was in the marketplace for a period of time. He's going to share all that with you today, but, um, he's got a couple of roles, uh, within the network. He's the network liaison for the fellowships, which basically means, so we had 22 mission teams across the network last summer, and Scott helped manage all that, working with missions pastors and stuff. And then at Fellowship Pickering, he is our community outreach pastor, missional engagement pastor. So he helps, uh, helps us stay on mission. So he's, he does a great job. But uh, anyways, welcome, Scott Gardner.
2: Thanks, guys. Good to be on here, man.
1: Man, it's good to, good to have you with us, bro. Scott, tell us a little about your family, how you got connected with us, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm married to my wife, Nakia. We've been married for almost 20 years now. Um, 20 so we years. We have three teenage kids. They weren't teenagers when we, uh, when we came up here, but now they're all teenagers, so that's... It's quite the life change for us, but, uh, how yeah. Long, so, um,
0: how so nice. Canada. What's that? How long you been in Canada? Uh,
2: we got here in 11, so okay. seven years. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, today's actually the day that my dad passed away 17 years ago. Mm, yeah. So yeah, it's one of those days. It's kind of a bittersweet, you know, uh, I didn't take the time, the advantage with my dad that I should have. And mm. so, you know, kind of wonder what he'd be thinking about what we're all doing and what this is all about. So it's pretty, it's it's not a necessarily a sad thing, but uh, he, he died a week before Aubrey was born. So she'll be 17 next week, which yeah. is kind of, um,
1: he'd be super proud of you, bro, man. He'd be proud of you.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, I was reading, you know, how Facebook likes to remind us of stuff we posted before. And, um, <laughs> one of the things I posted, I, it's funny you guys had me on for today because, I had posted about how, uh, you know, he did. I watched him do ministry kind of on his own for uh, you know many many years, and mm. the struggles that went with that, and uh, and so you know it just makes you really appreciative for those guys who who know the call that they've got on their life and they stick with it uh, even when the times get tough because the times you know can be pretty hard in ministry. So, um, there's a little shout out to you guys who are. Doing it all by yourself,
1: yeah, yeah man. Well, Jared's, and, gonna, Jared's gonna introduce our topic in just a second, Scott. But you mentioned your dad being in ministry, tell us just briefly your testimony, bro. Your your dad was a pastor, you have a couple siblings. Your mom, uh, shout out to mama, and uh, his mama is so sweet, man. She, she sent me a card in the mail the other day just encouraging me, and uh, it's just a really nice lady. But yes, I want
2: she didn't send me anything. So.
1: <laughs> well, she loves me more, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah. Why don't you just share a yeah, little share a little kidding. bit about your testimony? Um, you were, you were, you, you and Nikki were both in the marketplace, and then Jared will kind of get into our topic today.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I went to the University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks! Okay. okay uh, sure. Why not? South
0: Carolina <laughs> has a university. They have a football team.
2: Oh well, yeah! I didn't know. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> they got one. Um, I, yeah, I went to university of South Carolina and got a degree in mechanical engineering and, uh, wow, that
1: sounds important, Jared. Hey, we just have Bible man, degrees. It's
0: more worthwhile than a Bible degree. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know what you can do with a Bible degree? Uh, nothing. Not much. Be in ministry. Be in ministry.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I graduated in 97. Uh, well, I mean, I grew up in church all my life. Uh, I got, I like to say now that I know better, I got wet when I was eight, but, uh, yeah, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, I, I, my life didn't reflect anything of Jesus. And so
1: mm.
2: it wasn't until after I graduated college and, uh, you know, I found Christ and, uh, and then <laughs> luckily God sent the key my way and she kind of straightened out all the other stuff, but, uh, yeah, so I was an engineer for a while and, um, in 2005, so we lived in Texas for a few years. My dad passed away while we were there. We decided to move back a little bit closer to home, and and uh, we joined a church uh, in, uh, in Georgia, and West Acres. Shout out to West Acres, our, our standing church. And um, in uh, 2005, I went on my first mission trip, and I went to Brazil. And, uh, you know, basically God just changed the direction of my life at that point, you know. Um, he broke me and he used me in some really, really powerful ways. I didn't come back the same as the guy that left. And I knew at that point, you know, God was going to be doing something in my life. I just didn't know what it was. And then in uh, 2007, our church had their first missions conference and at the missions conference, uh, I gave my life, Uh, I kind of surrendered it to full-time ministry. Mm. Not really sure what that was about. I was still an engineer. Yeah. Making some good money. You know, kind
1: of live living the high life, and uh, <laughs> so uh, I gotta, I gotta stop you, Jerry. We're Scott and I <laughs> are out in the harvest last week, right? And we come up on this house, and they got like really nice landscaping. And I was like, man, look at these people's landscaping. And Scott starts laughing. I was like, we laughing about man? He's like, his wife Nakia made really good money too. She used to work for IBM, and uh, he said, man, in our prime, when we were both making so much money, we probably spent about twenty thousand dollars annually on our landscaping. And I said, I bet you don't now as a, <laughs> as a, as a church
0: planner, man. That's I mean, how I grew up, man. Yeah, yeah. Girl, that's the home I grew yeah. up in was, you know.
2: Was, uh,
0: yeah. Shout out, shout out, dad. Thank you. Shout out, dad. <laughs> Daddy, honey. <laughs> now I'm poor. Yeah, <laughs> well. I to be a church planner. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, when you guys are spending 20 grand annually on your landscaping, my dad made 20 grand annually. So how about that? <laughs> but stick that in your back pockets. <laughs> Anyways.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so in, uh, 2009 when the economy kind of crashed, yeah. Uh, losing my job as an engineer, I was in uh, seminary at the time and not really sure, you know, what my next steps were going to be anyway. So that was kind of the natural next thing. And, uh, so I just started praying about, okay, God, if this is the door that you're closing, what doors are you going to open up? And, uh, and so he ended up opening up a part-time youth pastor job. So I went from a full-time mechanical engineer to part-time youth pastor. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah. Yes. Well, we started basically selling most of everything that we owned. And- yeah.
1: No more $20,000 on landscaping.
2: <laughs> oh, no, there were some sad moments selling pool tables and stuff like that. But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
2: Uh, yeah, so I ended up uh, – being a part-time youth pastor at, at this uh, small church, uh, who's also one of our partners, Day Spring, shout out to you guys, and uh, we um, <laughs> part of. I wanted to take the youth on a mission trip because mission, you know, missions have had a huge impact on my life, and uh, I had one plan, and and my pastor had a different plan, and since he was my pastor, I had to do his plan. Um, and he had, and so he had us go to uh, Watertown, New York. Which is basically on the New York Canada border, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes. He he looked at me. He said, "Hey man, you know I was there last time. I was there. I was you know I know we were really close to the border." He says, "So uh, you know, how about you like, connect with Canada when you go up there?" And that's kind of how he said it. Ah. It's kind of the mindset of America. Right? Oh, absolutely! Connect
1: with, Connect with Canada. There's one. There's one. There's one representative there. We all know where to find him. <laughs> Go talk who's to him. Who's
0: the liaison for Canada? <laughs> it's so funny. Connect, Canada. Connect with that guy.
1: Listen, bro. I, no matter where I preach at, when I travel down to the states, you know. Oh, do you know a guy named Brian? He lives in Canada.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Oh, we're at Vancouver.
1: <laughs> I'm in Toronto.
0: Oh, are those not close? Uh, are
1: those not very close? No, they're no, not. about a no. 44 hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> Just give you a heads up. <laughs> or they'll say like, Oh, I know a guy in Edmonton. Do you know him? Yeah. No, 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 I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. So you connected with Canada.
2: Yeah, so I you know, it took a while for, for that connection to happen. Uh you know, and uh, but we did end up connecting with a, a church planner in Ottawa, uh which we didn't know at the time, but it was close to where we were going to be. Because yeah. we you know, Americans don't know what Canada looks like, and uh, so we came up and, and met with this guy, and he was kind of sharing. Uh, his name's Rick Lamott, and he was sharing his vision for for planning in, in the Ottawa area. And I was in international church planning. I'm a little bit like Matt, you know, riding around this in the states. Jared could probably you know appreciate this too, but. I mean, you know, we didn't need any more churches in the in the (laughs) south. Uh, So I wanted to go somewhere where, you know, I can make a difference. And so I was in international church planning uh, in school. Um, And so this guy was sharing and and it kind of all resonated with me. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. You know, and uh, and then um, he said, you know, we went to the prayer room. We're looking at the map of Canada, you know, hearing about the lostness of this area, which, you know, really took me back. I wasn't expecting that, um, 3% lost, uh, in, of, uh, you know, basically from Toronto here all the way to Montreal, you know, half the population lives there. And, uh, 97% of those people are lost. I said the wrong way a minute ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. okay. I think our listeners probably
2: caught on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's part of being alone. You forget things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Canada, Birmingham, Alabama, same thing.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's all the same. Uh, so he, he said, well, let me pray. You know, I've been asking God to send church planters here and to me. And so he, he said, let me pray. Let me pray the prayer I've been praying. And uh, he prayed Matthew nine, thirty six 38. Mm. This is the harvest plentiful, but workers are few. Ask for the harvest to send workers into his harvest field. And um, the, the whole you know, me. The meeting changed at that point because I had our mission team. The kids they had to memorize that scripture to come on the trip, and um, we started wondering what was going on. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and so God, uh, you know, God showed me very clearly the steps that uh, that He needed to do in my life to get me to that very point. Like He showed me very clearly, and uh, so you know, we knew that that was what He wanted us to do. Um, so in 2011, we packed up everything we had and moved up here. I moved to Ottawa, um, a, a little bit like your story, Matt. Yeah. Where I, although I did not ask people to come with me, the only people that did come with me was my family. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, we, we thought we were going to have a core team waiting for us when we got here. And uh, as you find out, church planning, things don't always go the way you think they're going to go. Um, hmm. And so we ended up not having that.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I didn't
2: know that. But uh, we did have we did have some really uh, wonderful people that stuck with us and uh, and helped us through that early part of uh, church planning. And, yeah.
0: Oh. Hey, well, what's the name of your church uh, that you planted, Scott?
2: Well, uh, it started out as Inspired Church.
0: <laughs> Inspired Church. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, and then uh, and then that we inspiring. It, it was. It was. It was really. <laughs> It was really good and then and then we ended up changing the name to harvest when we uh, joined with the CBC yeah you're uh, on and uh, kind of had our own identity at that point
1: because you originally it was originally a non-denominational church right Scott
2: right right yeah yeah it was non-denominational uh, and so for the first three or four years I mean we weren't connected to anything yeah. which i would recommend for anyone listening yeah um, but God is faithful so I mean he can do it but it's not going to be super easy, so yeah. you know I think I think your call has to be incredibly strong for you to be able to make it. Yeah. Um, yeah so it was Harvest. We changed it to Harvest Community Church, uh, and uh, that's what it was when we left. And I think now now it's changed again to Move Church. Yeah. Um, but they're doing super super good. So uh,
0: Scott Scott, I want to ask you about that though, because um, a lot of listeners probably don't you know know this yet that you're obviously you're not there anymore at the church that you planted. You were there for six years, right? Uh, right. So you planted it. Now you're here with us um, at the Fellowships Network. So our um, kind of the topic that I, I wanted us to kind of center on today and, and just pick your brain a little bit about is um, how you know when it's time to move on from a church that you've planted. Because um, that's a big deal, mm. uh, especially when it's your first church that you've ever planted, right? Uh, so obviously you've never moved on from a church that you planted before because this was your first church plant, so uh, it's all new territory, it's uncharted waters, and um, so I think there's uh, a lot of guys that are listening that uh, are in that boat right now or that will be in that boat one day. Uh, So just maybe talk us through that decision process, like how did you know when it was time to go and what were your first steps once you realized it?
2: Yeah. uh, (laughs) Um, that's funny. Uh, we, uh, (laughs) because, because, uh, church, because when you church plant by yourself, um, church planting can be pretty hard. And so there Mm. were a lot of times where, um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to give up. Mm. Yeah. That way. But, uh, God never allowed that to happen. Like he never gave me any other. I kind of went with the, uh, when I went in 11, this was kind of at the core of what I was doing. I was like, I just was going to follow. I was going to be obedient to the last thing that God told me to do.
1: Mm, That's good. Good word.
2: And, uh, the last thing he told me to do was go. And he never released me from that. And so, um, i didn't know what i was doing i i was i mean i was a mechanical engineer i had no I had not finished you know seminary i'd never planted a church before did you know i i most i was ever was a part-time youth pastor in ministry so uh i didn't know how to really make disciples or you know how to lead a, a meeting or any of that kind of stuff so i, I had to figure out that stuff basically on my own and by trial and fire, right? Mm -hmm. But in the process, I started to learn uh, how God made me, uh, what he made me good at and the things that maybe I still needed to learn, right? Um, Which, you know, thank God I'm with you guys because I am learning a lot of that now. and uh, those, Those things are coming together, but uh, so often, you know, in the difficult times I would, uh, I would pray, I would pray that God would let me go or, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, because I wasn't going to, I, I was not going to leave and look back three, four, five years and, and regret, you know, know that I made a bad choice. So mm,
1: yeah.
2: the only way that I was going to go was if God let me go.
1: Yeah. That's
2: and, uh. And so, you know, he didn't let me go for a while. But what I noticed, uh, you know, it, my definition of church planting, and I don't know if this is right or not, but as a church planter, I just assumed that meant that I would always be church planting, mm-hmm. um, that I wouldn't do it once and stay. Now, I know that that happens. Some people are uh, gifted to be, you know, great pastors and shepherds. Uh, that's not really what I was my gifting was at the time, and so uh, I, I always had an itch for something else. And I remember I reached out to uh, North American Mission Board Canada, and I was like, "Hey, you know, this—I'm kind of in the season of life, and uh, I'm starting to ask these questions about what's next." And they said to me, "They said we've never had anyone ask us this question before.
0: <laughs> what, what question? Like
2: specifically? Like, yeah. What do I do now?
0: Started, like, do I, you plan, after you planted a church, i started this church. <laughs> really." church. They I'm said, we've of, never had anybody ask
2: this question <laughs> before. Wow. No one's ever asked us that question before. Yeah. So uh, I was like, wow, really?
1: <laughs> well, I think, I think what's unique, Here,
2: Scott, there are people who have that question, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: I think what's unique about your story is I didn't mean to cut you off, but like it is you're, you I think it's good for our listeners to understand your makeup and I know you're about to share like how you got connected with the network and stuff. So I won't steal your thunder, but you know, you're not really, you're not an apostolic guy. You're not a guy that's going to like just go and start new churches and stuff like that. And you're not a guy who's going to start a church and just be there for the rest of your life. And what you really Seen is that you're a team guy. You're like a, a a super number two guy, and um, so speak into that because sometimes sometimes church planners, man, they are so uncomfortable with that. They're like, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a number two guy. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not that kind of guy. And mm-hmm. I remember Scott's going to share how he got connected with. But I remember Scott when he first came on. He's like, man, I just want to be like the best number two and champion everything you do and support you. And, and I was just like, man, like this is like, and church planners out there, you're like, could you imagine having that guy? I mean, like how valuable is that? But I wanted to share with our listeners because, you know, when, when, when listeners hear that, well, I'm not, I'm not here forever. They, they think, okay, that's apostolic. Mm-hmm. So that that's the guy that goes and starts multiple churches and stuff. You're not really that guy and you're not the guy that's going to start that church. You've really identified who you are And I think that's so powerful to have that self-awareness to know how God's made you and wired you up. So I'll let you just kind of take it from there. But I just want to clarify some of that for our listeners.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, here's here's what I would say to that. You got to find somebody um, in that knows your context uh, that you trust and uh, that can kind of speak into your life a little bit. And so for a long time, uh, I didn't have that because we were kind of isolated uh, in this little town outside of Ottawa. And opportunity came up, you know, for us to, to join with the CNBC. And when, when we did that, the Canadian National Baptist Convention, then uh, they they started connecting me with people. And it's funny because the church that we ended up coming up here with in 11 that we thought we were going to plant with, uh, the pastor there, Ryan Dawson, uh, really – you know, over the last uh, two or three years that I was there, um, just took the time to to care for me.
1: Yeah, great church, Sequoia. Just speak great
2: li- speak life into me, and he helped me to uh, to kind of work through a lot of the issues that I kind of had from you know church planning and stuff. And, and in that process, God really—I mean, I, I, I already said it, but you got to know—you got to know how God's kind of put you together hmm. and God, God gives you strengths for a reason. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, you know, six years at the six year mark of our church, actually six years of being in Canada, but we celebrated our five year anniversary, uh, right before we left. Um, the things that I was good at, like the things that God gifted me in, which, you know, was a lot of, uh, outreach and missional kind of stuff like our church was fantastic at, uh, nice. relational kinds of things. Um, you know, we had just about 99% of our church were serving and, you know, 90% were in life groups. And, um, so that side of thing you could tell kind of came from the things that I was good at. Uh, but the things that I wasn't good at were the things at a five-year mark that our church needed, Uh, They didn't need the guy who would help us get in the community because we were already in the community. They didn't need, you know, the guy to help connect people in life groups because we were already doing that. It was part of our DNA. They needed a guy to come in um, and do the things that a five-year-old plus church needed to do. And I wasn't that guy. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me to to admit. But it was also extremely freeing for me to understand that it's not a bad thing that I wasn't that guy but I needed to go find a place where I could be the person that God wants me to be uh, the most effectively. Mm. Um, And so I think that's the thing, the question you're asking, Jared is how do you know? Well, I think when you understand who you are, and what you're gifting, and as you look at your church and where all your frustrations probably lie, uh, a lot of that has to do with, you know, maybe your weaknesses, your weak areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew that, for Harvest now move to, to be the church, you know, five years plus they needed a different guy. Um, and, and so, you know, once I kind of realized that started praying towards that, God allowed doors to start to open that he had not allowed to open before.
1: Hmm.
2: And, uh, and so I just pursued those, you know, um, and, you know, so we connected with people across the GTA, you know, another thing i
0: would GTA say, is the greater Toronto area, by the way, for our listeners. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Another thing, like, if you don't want to go, like, if you want to go somewhere, just tell God you don't want to go there. Because <laughs> I, always, I always said I would never go to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, He sends you there. Um, when I was growing up, I said I'd never be a pastor, and here I am. Yeah. You know, so so um, <laughs> we connected across the GTA with a bunch of different uh, church planners and, uh, and the, the, we're all doing really, really good stuff. But we were looking for something specific. You know, our kids were older. We invited them into the process of you know, asking God what we wanted and, and the things that we kind of we made, we made wish, wish lists, each of us. And we sat down as a family and talked through them and prayed through them. And um, my prayer was, uh, honestly, Matt just said it. My prayer was, hey, look, I know I know what it's like to be a church planner and to not have people to bounce stuff off or to feel alone or, uh, and I always, I just say God, just let me, let me encourage somebody. Let me champion what they're doing. Let me be a part of their work. Um, let me relieve some load from someone that's been carrying it for a long time. That's what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, excited about doing mission, uh, work and connecting with the community and that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: Hey Scott, let me let me ask you something to kind of follow up on, on what you just said there. Do you feel like do you feel like that's what you will be doing for the rest of your life or do you do you feel like you've kind of found your calling in that or do you feel like there's a possibility that you may plant again as a as a lead planter? Where are you at on that man?
2: Yeah, I I think I think I would love to plant again. I mean I know that um, it would look different mm-hmm. than the first time. You know, I I think I would like I could be a, you know I I could be the guy that would go and help plant maybe mm-hmm. uh, alongside a guy that who's ready to kind of be the pastor of the church and I, and I could see that role working out really well. Um, but for sure, I you know especially with the stuff that we I've learned since I've been here with you guys and uh, you know a lot of the things that I struggle with you guys are actually really, really good at. And so I just kind of glean as much of that as possible. And, uh, you know, so I, I don't know, you know, you know, God changes your, your heart as you go along and stuff. So who knows what he'll want to do, yeah, but for yeah. right now I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Sure. I could see it. You know, I, I've done it before. I know what it's like. Um, I, I wouldn't want to get stuck again being the guy who's preaching every single week yeah. for years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: What what are
1: some of those, what are some of those other things, Scott, you mentioned, like, um, so, you know, so what are the, what are those things that you say, like, man, I, because I think it's, I think it's good for our listeners to hear this, like, what are some of those things you say, like, man, I don't, I don't want to get stuck preaching, I don't want to get stuck doing this, you know, like, um, when we talk about team church planting, it's one thing, but then there's also responsibilities that the lead planner pastor has that you can't abdicate. So, what are some of those things that you say, like these? This is what I would have done different back yeah. in Ottawa. This is these are the things I wouldn't have done. These or are the yeah. not
0: even just done different. I mean, because there may have been some things that he wished just could have been different, but he didn't yeah. have a choice in the situation yeah. he was in because he was alone. So maybe like even what are those things you wish would have been different yeah. in Ottawa?
2: Yeah, you know, I wish. I mean, I I struggle with that because um, I don't know if I would have got to have come and do what I did had I went another route. You know, I was an engineer who didn't know anything, and in God's you know sovereignty, He used that. Um, If I had went through a process like we do now, I don't know if I would have got put through to plant a church because I didn't know anything. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So. But I say that, but the stuff that you guys teach, like, you know, I sat with Matt and uh, three church planners recently and he was, you know, just kind of going through some training with them. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, this stuff is so gold. Uh, everyone needs to have, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, partnership and training and that kind of stuff, you know, being with each other, relational end of things. And, and learning, uh, more about themselves and getting those, hey, watch out for this kind of stuff. And this is how you do this. And this is how you encourage people in your core group. And you know, that stuff is really valuable. Um, it would have been a lot of help early on. Uh, but I didn't have any of that. So, uh, you know, for me, the stuff that, that bogged me down were everything that, uh, you know, it, 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 I laugh with Matt about this a lot because, you know, sometimes Sunday mornings, you know, you walk up to preach and there's like not very many people there. And you prepared all week for a sermon and you're like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's such a, it's such a I mean, the, the Holy Spirit checks you immediately. yeah, uh, But you still have that kind of moment. And for a guy who that wasn't his gifting, it wasn't what I wanted to always be doing. Like I like to preach. Yeah. I don't like to do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, like that kind of stuff was life sucking. Mm. Like it just sucked the life right out of me. Um, and and so, <laughs> you know, for sure, that, that was one. That's a big one. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not your shepherding kind of guy either. Like I don't really, I don't like to sit down and hear your problems, you know. That, that sounds yeah. Really rough. I mean, that sounds really harsh. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not like a counselor kind of guy. I, it's not in me. I, you know, I know people who are gifted in that way and I, and they'd say, oh, I want to do this for, you know, for the Lord. And I'm like, well, I don't know, why would you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I like to, I like to meet people in, you know, the everyday life and, and kind of work through those things with them, but to sit down for a while and hear their struggles and stuff, it, it it's hard if you're, you know, you're not gifted in that way. So those kinds of things, uh, you know, conflict was a big thing. I, I mean, you never dealt with that kind of stuff in, you know, in the marketplace, you just kind of walked away from it or,
1: uh, Got a new know. job, yeah. <laughs> which, which by the way, is what happens a lot of times in ministry.
2: Yeah. You guys are so, like,
1: I'm not going to keep dealing with you this. Conflict. Deal. Move on.
2: You got, you know, it was one thing I really appreciate about Matt, does he? You know, he hits them head on, and uh, you know, I, I sit back and watch. And I'm like, wow, you yeah, know,
0: he's super confrontational all the time.
1: <laughs> I, I'm joking, I know. By the way, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like our FP, like it's, it's sounding more and more awesome to be a member of Fellowship Pickering. <laughs> you know, like the the, the 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 two pastors don't like really. They're not very great at shepherding. You know, the the senior guy, he's like really confrontational.
0: The associate <laughs> pastor gets the life sucked out of him the, when he preaches.
1: The associate pastor, when he preaches, the life gets sucked
0: out of him. I mean, like, this is, come, come, make your abode with us. No, you know what though? You know what I love though is that it's yeah. real life. Man. It is. Like, it's man. like I think people yeah. get this this idea of church planting, yeah. that it's like it, it looks like something, or, or that a church planter is supposed yeah. to fit this mold. And the reality is, is that we've got a bunch of weaknesses. We have got a oh, yeah, bunch man. of things that we're not good at. We have a bunch of flaws. And like, and God uses us in spite of us. Like he uses us anyways, and that's what's really cool about it, you know? Yeah. You know, and I mean, like
1: Scott's right, man. Um, I I want our listeners to hear when he's like, when he's saying, you know, like when he's saying like the life, the life gets sucked out of him when he preaches, he's not saying that, that when he preaches the word of God, he doesn't find it enjoyable. He's saying to do it every Sunday, to have that gorilla on his back every Sunday, Mm -hmm. Sucks the life out of them. And, you know, that's why we're trying to transition and teach our people to have more of our planners to have more of a teaching team mentality. Mm -hmm. And there's other guys like me, man. I, I, I enjoy that gorilla on my back. Like it's, I, 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 like I, I get energy from, from preaching the word of God. And if I couldn't do it, then I would lose my mind. And I have to push the other side where I have to build Scott into our preaching calendar and our interns into our preaching counter and stuff like that, because I, I do get a lot of energy out of it. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think it's good when, you know, and you mentioned confrontation. Um, I, I had a, one of my mentors said, you know, only people who likes confrontation are jerks. Nobody likes confrontation, yeah, sure. but, but one reason, you know, Scott said like we, I try to deal with it head on is because early on in church planning, I, where I used to pastor when it came to conflict confrontation, I used to kind of think like, it'll it'll take care of itself. And I learned really quickly. It doesn't take care of itself. We need to do an episode by the way on confrontation. I was just thinking that that's a great, but, um, but you know, you realize like it doesn't take care of itself. You have to take stuff on, uh, head on and you have to just kind of cut it off and, Mm -hmm. and deal with it and let the, let the consequences lead the consequences up to the Lord. Um, but well Scott, talk to us. You know, you talked about some of those some of those things on you know what, what drained you or what, what energized you being in the community and stuff. What's it like now to be um a part of a ministry where you get to you, you get to work within your passions, you get to work within your, your sweet spot so to so to say?
2: Yeah, I think uh the, the best way to describe it is uh like not long after we moved We moved here last July. 17 and uh, my kids told my wife we can see that that dad is excited again
1: oh that's great man
2: i think think that's it right i think yeah you know it's it wasn't about leaving uh because i really really miss those people that uh, i did ministry with there there's some of the greatest people uh you know shout out to you guys who walked with us for so long and Mm. um i miss them all i still try to keep in touch with them as much as I can
1: yeah
2: you know running away from anything you know it was you know it wasn't like the first free minute God gave me to get away I ran away right. um, we prayed through it and stuff and we were very specific in what we were asking God for uh, in this time uh, yeah. it wasn't to plan a church right away because I just didn't I needed a break from that and uh, and so for me to be here and uh, to be with you guys, it's everything that I could have wanted, honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know as I sat back all by myself, you know in my house, crying in my tears you know my coffee and uh, you know looking out across you know all these churches and seeing these teams, and I used to tell Nikki all the time, you know if I could just be on a team mm. you know, it it could really change stuff for us and uh, you know. Uh, and it really has, it's, you know, it's allowed me to to run in my sweet spot. I still get to, you know, do some of the church planning side of things. I yeah. mean, I still set up every week, which, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll never get away from. Yeah. So if, that, if that's what sucks the life out of you, then that you might be in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you still do, you know, I still, whatever Matt needs, I tried to do. But Matt's, Matt's also, uh, you know, asking us all to start asking the question of what are the three things that we need to be doing? Uh, and, and that's the place he wants us to run in. And for me, that's really exciting because, you know, like, like I said, early on being on mission, being on the mission field and connecting with people and sharing the gospel and more than anything, allowing the spirit to do things in and through you that kind of change your life, Mm. you know, when you see him do it, uh, and, and watching other people do that. Like, I love to sit back and watch God work in someone's life. Uh, through through missions and through engaging people with the gospel, and um, that's the kind of stuff that really energizes me and, and kind of gets me going. So uh, to think about you know that being a, a huge part of who we're going to be, um, you know, it, it's it's kind of a game changer for me. I haven't you know I'm enjoying life a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's th-
0: yeah, Scott. You know, one of the things that some um, Themes I think that's kind of come out of this um, episode, and and we honestly didn't really know exactly which direction we were yeah. going to completely. With this we just knew there' was some good stuff there. Um, you know, I think one of the things was coming out in is like. It just reminds me of some of the people who've reached out to us who listen to the podcast. We have mm. uh, we have some some of the listeners that will reach out to us. And I know uh, like a lot of them, I've noticed a, uh, a common theme with them, and it's that they're isolated uh, they're, and they're yeah. alone. And they don't really have anybody else to reach out to a lot of times. They don't have a lot of support. It's one of the reasons we do this podcast, by the way, even though this Absolutely. is definitely not sufficient. Like, like we, we pray and hope that we're not... Yeah, like your only lifeline, uh, yeah. and the ones that you can reach out to. And, and we'd encourage you to like, if you're not, you know, connected with some sort of church planning network or with a denomination, you know, like I think Scott even getting plugged in with the Canadian national Baptist convention a mm-hmm. couple years in was a very positive step for him right, towards leading him to where he is. So, you know, like if that's you and you're isolated right now and you're not affiliated with anybody, you may want to prayerfully consider that. Um, but yeah, man, I just think that, um, like church planting is, um, it's hard. Uh, it's one of the things that I'm hearing. Um, and it's not as, uh, it's not glamorous. Uh, and I think a lot of times, you know, uh, people get into it for the wrong reasons, which is one of the reasons so many church plants fail because they, well, I want to go do my own thing or, you know, I want to do church my way. And, and man, I just, it's just not something you want to wait into for those reasons. And I think that Scott articulated very clearly Mm. that he had a call and that's what kept him on the field was the call is that he knew the last thing that God told him was go and he was not going to do anything else until God said another word. (laughs) Yeah, And that's what kept him on the field. Uh, And if it wasn't for that, I bet, uh, Scott, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but he probably would have (laughs) bolted if it wasn't for that call.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely
0: bolted. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what we always say, right? It's the calling it's like you know, even if you're listening to this, you know, you did a Google search or you went on the iTunes or whatever, and you've stumbled across this for the first time. I mean, like that's why you need to identify your calling. If 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 you don't have your calling in place, I have seen over over you know we've been in church planning now for six years. I've seen so many people get into church planning. You know, they think it's fun, you know, sexy, whatever, and it and it and they get into it, and it's not those things. Um, after, after a while and they leave, you know, and, and, you know, you at some point in time, you have to question somebody's calling. Now I know God calls us to different things. I know God does all he's God. He does whatever he wants to. But I think there's a lot of people that wrestle, they don't wrestle long enough with their calling mm-hmm. and you got to really know if you're called. Um, Scott, I just kind of want to hit on, hit on two things real quick. Um, you, you mentioned that when you came here, that, we do things we do some things really well that you didn't do there or you didn't know about or you, sometimes we 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 say this all the time we we only do what we only know we just sometimes we don't do because we don't know so talk to us about that guy who's listening maybe his his wife like what are some of those things you would go back after being with us for a year now uh, cause I mean like the fellowships, we have all kinds of deficiencies We're we're trying to learn and grow. There's all kinds of things we don't do well, but what are some of those things that you would say, man, I, I, I wish we would have prioritized this. I wish we would have prioritized that. Like it's cause there's guys out there listening who they're in that season of their plant. You know, they're in their first year, they're in their first six months. Like what would you say to that guy and his core team, like prioritize this above everything else?
2: Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. Um, the regrets that I have from my time uh, church planning and and I want to you know kind of be careful with how I say that because I don't really have like regrets but some of things I wish I could have done better uh, for sure uh, discipleship is a big one uh, you know th- there was there were several people uh, you know we had you know you know a dozen or two dozen people who gave their life to Christ in the time we were there yeah and uh, I didn't know what to do after that. Hmm. And and I remember, man, I I called and I reached out to so many people, um, asking. I was like, "How do how do we how do I disciple these people? What do I do?" And yeah, I never really get the answer to me that was satisfying. And I know that there are people who um, who gave their life to Jesus and it was genuine. And as a pastor, I didn't shepherd them in the way I should have. And so that really it really breaks my heart. Because yeah. you know, when when the enemy finally you know got loud enough, they, they started listening to him instead of to the Lord. And, and you know, I know I played a part in that. So the you know the stages discipleship that uh, you guys did before with Saba, it's fantastic and it's yeah. so easy to do. And it's a it's a you know it would be absolutely something that would be a high priority of what I would do um as a church because you know there's a lot of people who even asked hey scott you know can we meet and, and do this and then what they were asking for was discipleship and i didn't know what to do mm. uh, i didn't know and so i didn't because i didn't know what to do so you're and, so
1: you're meeting with these folks for coffee you're trying to give them you know like you're saying you're of wisdom yeah <laughs> you know it's like i don't know I what to do with
2: you i wasn't yeah. giving them any meat right i wasn't giving them what they really needed
1: yeah well
2: so, uh you know Recognizing you got to find that that thing that you can do uh, to help people through that. That's a huge thing, a huge responsibility for a pastor.
1: Man, that's good. And then the the, the final thing you know before Jared kind of brings us home is what would you say to that guy? You said something really powerful, man. Um, I just is really sticking in my mind earlier a few minutes back. You said, "Man, you would just look out your window and tell your wife like, if I could just be a part of a team, you know, there's there's somebody out there listening." who feels that, you know, they, they, they feel alone. They feel lonely. They don't know what to do and they want to be a part of a team. And I think part of your journey has been um, understanding how God has made you. There's, yeah. there's other people out there who are like, I don't need to be a part of a team. They never have thought that, um, you know, although we should, but um, what would you say to that guy, you know, who who's who needs to be a part of a team?
2: Yeah. So first off I would say, uh, the, the desire to be a part of a team does not give you permission to, to leave and go find a team.
1: That's um, good.
2: Um, I, I think you have to be free from that. Mm. You know, the, ultimately the question you have to ask yourself is when I transition, am I okay to walk away from something that I helped give birth to and yeah. your life into? And can I look back on it with no regrets? Would I care if it stopped, uh, Existing those kinds of things, so you have to wrestle with that. You can't mm. just. Uh, but if the Lord allows you to to look, then then you know make a list of things that you feel like you would want, and, and go look for it and see yeah. what's out there. If you're not able to do that, then I would suggest um, finding someone, uh, maybe another pastor of another church locally. Uh, there were there were some really good friends of mine who were not Baptist pastors. Who spoke life into me in those times before the CNBC, um, and they helped me keep going. They 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 listened to me and they gave me wise counsel. Uh, you know, um, Ivan Davis at uh, Calvary Pentecostal was one of those guys. You know, as you come into a, an area as a church planner, most pe- most churches are going to feel threatened, um, and it's just kind of the reality of the way it is. They don't understand church planning, I don't think, uh, the way it's supposed to be. Um, but find those men who, who will care for you and speak life into you because they're really important. So if you can't find the team right away, you have to find someone or someones um, that can sustain you until that time comes as well. Man, that's a good word.
0: Man, Scott, um, it's good stuff today, man. Thanks so much for for coming on and, and just sharing some of your story and for being honest and and open yeah. and vulnerable, just about, uh, you know, just just very real. And uh, we mm-hmm. appreciate that, man, mm-hmm. really do. And I think that it's going to really uh, be helpful for a lot of people listening, uh, a lot of planters, because um, that's that's why we say this is a podcast by everyday planters for the everyday planter. Reality is, is that none of us have it figured out. We're not experts. Uh, we're we're fumbling our way through this, trying to figure things out as we go. Yeah. Um, and um, so we just want to be able to help people in any way that we can with Absolutely. what we're learning along the way. So guys, uh, we want to thank you for listening to In the Trenches today. Make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com and there you can find other episodes. And if you're interested in uh, learning more about uh, what we do as a as a network and, and you've been hearing about this team and like what that looks like to have a team of of churches, you can head over to thefellowships.ca. Uh The link is also in the show notes there. And feel free to reach out to Matt or myself. We always love hearing from you guys. We love getting emails from you. And uh, so our email addresses are in the show notes as well. And we're We'll give you anything we got. If you need any help with anything, we always are are glad to give away what we have. So just let us know. Uh, And hey, we need your help getting the word out about In the Trenches so that we can get this podcast into the hands of other planners. So do us a big favor and head on over to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, whatever your favorite platform is, and hit the subscribe button. And then share this podcast with other people. Uh, Maybe send it, uh, email it off to somebody, share it on social media, uh, share it with people that you think would benefit from it. Um, We'd be extremely grateful to you guys for that. So we're going to be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.